Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Three days of black businesses only. Is it possible? Killer Mike finds out. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz What is up, guys? We're here for the first ever episode of Trigger Warning with Killer Mike, Netflix's brand new show where Killer Mike is... Asking the tough questions, and tonight's episode is all about black-only businesses. I am your girl, Drew Jones. I cannot do this panel without my amazing ladies, so introduce yourselves. Oh, we're amazing. Okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, hi, guys. My name is TK Trinidad. You can follow me at everything at TK Trinidad. Everybody, I'm AJ Talks. You can follow me at Crimson Pearl. All right. So, I, I feel like there's a lot of hype around this show, because mm-hmm. Killer Mike is known for being very vocal, especially when it comes mm-hmm. to black issues. What was your all's initial thought of when you heard about the show, and what's your initial thought of this episode? I I thought it was perfect. It was, you know how sometimes where, you know, you have black shows, and it's like, oh, this is great, and then it turns to be, turns out to be like, you know, song and dance. Mm-hmm. It's exactly, it, it stayed on point. There were some funny moments. Like, it, it, it was perfect. It wasn't, I watched it all, by the way, so... You guys watched it all too, right? I watched mm-hmm. most of I'm almost done. Oh, you're behind, girl. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I feel like there were some high points, there were some low points. It was really good, and you can watch it. it was, you can watch it quickly, and you know, you learn stuff. So I was really, I wasn't surprised. I was just happy with the product. Yeah, I felt like it was an eye-opener, especially for black people. I felt like it brought um, awareness to a lot of things that we need to think about um, as black people, black people just keeping our money within and just being successful and trying to grow mm-hmm. um, as a people, so... So he, the challenge is he's going to spend three days only doing black businesses. businesses from as, Atlanta to Athens. From Atlanta yes. to Athens, which I went to college in Atlanta, and I feel like if there's any city that that would be easy to do, mm-hmm. it should be Atlanta. Um, well, remember his producer said, if you're staying in Atlanta, then you're good. Yeah. But traveling... Is a, little, is a whole other thing. And a whole other thing mm-hmm. yeah. it was. Uh, they did a little stats in the beginning, and it was black people can only keep a dollar for six hours. Six hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you all surprised by those no. statistics? When you get your check, what's the first thing you do? I pay Spend my bills. It. And who's your, who do your bills go to? White people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't anything shocking for me. I feel like that it was very true because black people, I feel like when we do get money, we are we want to spend it because, you know, it's for the most part, we're not used to having certain things. So when we do get the money to be able to afford it, the first thing we do is, oh, I want to go buy this instead of, wait, let me save my money mm-hmm. and, you know, think future, think, think ahead. But we spend our money quick. Well, so. even beyond that, too, you think like, like just like Drew said, the first thing you do is you pay your bills, right? And like my landlord's not black, like she's straight up white. Like Sprint's not black. Like all this, all this stuff is like not black. Even the basic essentials, mm-hmm. like beyond our like, oh, you know, we're gonna go shopping or do whatever. Be just our basic essentials. We're not even. It's not even staying in the community, which is like really unfortunate. I agree. So starts out, he realizes 
None of these cars are made by black. First mm-hmm. of all, I just want to say this entire episode, there are so many things I was like, damn, we didn't do that. Like, right. that's not us. Well, I think we like we would have invented, but we were pushed out. That's very true. Yeah. That is a very true point. Um, but he has to give up his car and he gets a bike. Which Killer Mike on a bike to me is just like yeah, it was kind of it was kind not of not because he's big, but because it's Killer Mike, and I just feel like well, it is also because he's big. No, oh, well, all right, but um, <laughs> it was cute. It was off the top guy. of your all's heads, like, do you can you think of black businesses that you support on the regular? Like, is yes. Oh well, I know for the most part, since I have natural hair, I use a lot of black-owned businesses for like natural hair, face care, skin care, any of um, anything that has to do with my body, mm-hmm. I do. But as far as like purchasing products like detergent or household items or clothes for the most part I can I kind of go everywhere but for my hair and skin I do use black owned businesses yeah and the thing too with the hair unless it's somebody you like the person you know who's making it the ones who are patenting it for black hair is not owned by black folks like it's 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 crazy. Like let's not even get into like extensions and all this other stuff. That it's a billion dollar company that you know now other races are getting into like getting extensions and all this mm-hmm. stuff. But it's predominantly like run or bought by black women, and nobody owns like the the um, what's it called like the umbrella company to it. Right. So it's just kind of like even that we're giving away billions of dollars to somebody who doesn't look like us giving us products that we use for ourselves that they never use, which is, you know, absolutely crazy. The idea that he had, (laughs) that the first place that he could think of that was a black-owned company that he was, like, easily going to was the strip club was, like, kind of (laughs) sad to me a little bit. To be honest, not because like, listen, sex workers do your thing, whatever. Like, teach I like that he had to tell the Asian who's like, I can't. That, you're not getting any of my dollars today. I'm sorry. <laughs> that might have been my favorite part, and I wish I would have screen grabbed her face expression because <laughs> she memes, had no idea what was going on. Memes for days. But the thing is, too, if you watch some of his interviews, him and his wife frequent that club quite often. That club has been around. It's like a staple in the community. That club has been around for I a while. Say, I have been to that club. Yeah, so it's not one of those things where it's just like, okay, well, yeah. You know, like, but even too, I remember I was trying to find a, a black-owned restaurant in the valley mm-hmm. in Los Angeles, and I only know of one, but it's not even like somewhere where I'd have an event, and I had to go all the way to Inglewood, which is fine. But the fact that you can't find the, like find those businesses is it speaks to a lot to you know what are we doing with our money? So, what? Why do you guys think that? I mean, besides the obvious, like you know, institutionalized racism, where, why do you guys think that there aren't as many black businesses? I think, one, because with the money, I feel like sometimes it's kind of hard. Black businesses have a hard time trying to find customers, and they have to pay the rent to keep the buildings open. Like, it's a lot of stuff that goes into having a business, and so if they don't have the support from the community, it's hard to pay those bills to keep it running. So that could be one of the reasons why... I think, too, also the understanding. I know in particular for, like, the hair salons or the the beauty shops that sell products, um, there is racism within that. Like, I go and support a a black beauty shop, and if you go to a black beauty shop that has the products and you go to an Asian beauty shop, the prices are drastically different. And the reason they're drastically different is that the black ones get charged more. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know the behind of it, why they're charging more, you're thinking, oh, well, they're just trying to take more money. I'm not going to shop there. And the case, the, 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 the fact is that they're getting charged more. Right. 
So, you know, I I now with that knowledge go into black businesses like, okay, well, I understand why you're charging more because of this and mm-hmm. I'm going to I'll pay that because it's not until we all start supporting black businesses that they can actually afford to buy more businesses and buy more whether it's hair or whether it's um, a grocery store or whatever, like we can't do that if we're only our mm-hmm. dollar is only lasting 6 hours in the community. Mm-hmm. I, now see with that, I'm so conflicted because I, like you said, I do want to support, but if I'm going to a black businesses and let's say it's thirty dollars, mm-hmm. and then I go somewhere else, it's ten or fifteen dollars. It's like I'm, I want to support, but I'm like, okay, the prices are a little outrageous. I look at it, you know, it's like conflicted. Yeah. You know, I, I think, and I, I get that. And it, my my thing is that I will go without. Mm-hmm. It, it just now that I know, and I've known this for years because I'm originally from Toronto, and it's, that even happens in Toronto where they're getting iced out. But speaking um, a long time, so shout out to Superstar Beauty if you're in the Valley, you should definitely check that out. It's black owned. But speaking to the owner of that shop and how she told me how you know certain colors she wouldn't get, but the store down the street will get it, and the people told her they were sold out. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of for me, it's like I. It, that it literally like if there was one thing like okay they're all getting the same prices and we're just trying to get more money then it's different but like I've heard this story time and time mm-hmm. again where they're getting charged more and it's like okay well then we have to support like I, I just I just feel like if I can't afford it today then I'm gonna put two cents together and then come back in two weeks so and another thing too what I find with black businesses that they if you are, become frequent then you know we help each other. That's very true. I will say that the black businesses that I support, like my girl who does my hair, is you know she just opened up her own salon shop to Divine. Um, but like when you invest in those people, like they invest in you, mm-hmm. and I think we're not used to that in the sense of like we're not used to having a business do that for us because we don't see businesses that look like us at all. So mm-hmm. I definitely I agree with you. Even though even if I can't always afford something, I think it's an invest an investment I'd rather do without than put it somewhere where like. The Asian beauty shop doesn't come back. Yeah, the Asian beauty shop's a perfect example. I can't even count on my fingers how many times I've been followed around a store Mm -hmm. or, you know, some passive aggressive racist BS. Yeah. Or they can't tell you the products and all this other stuff. But even to like, my mechanic is Asian and I have been going to him for six or seven years. And there have been times where I needed him to get my car fixed and I couldn't afford it. And because I've been going consistently to Mm -hmm. him, he's like, don't worry about it. Like, you got it next time. So it's just kind of one of those things where, you know, and that's a father-son type store. But I rather, and again, I get it where it's just like one of these products, especially with, that's why I I did natural hair for like six months. And I was like, I throw these braids in. Um, But it's just like the products are expensive. So, like, I I totally get it. But then, like, it's going to come to the point where I think we only, in the Valley, I think we only have one... um, shop that's black owned and then you can kind of go to England and those other places yeah. but they're almost fronts because you don't even know if they're black owned they just put they're just smart enough to put black faces mm-hmm. so that's a whole nother thing yeah mm-hmm. I think the conversation that happened in the grocery store was very interesting there are a couple points that he brought up um, saying study the white man and his endeavors and then also bringing up how racism in America is very economic and how we still have rich slaves. Mm-hmm. What were some points that he made during that that stuck out to you guys? I mean, it just points back to, like, the whole six hours. Like, we're... Excuse me, there's a lot of us getting paid, you know, whether you're middle class, whether you're poor, whatever, we're, you know, you're still getting money. 
and you're still able to live, but then, you know, you don't think about, you know, instead of going to this business, you're going to spend your $2 at Popeye's. So now you're giving your money to a corporation, not knowing or not realizing that if you can kind of like, okay, I'm going to spend a little bit more here, but in the long run, that person might give me a job, that person might give my child a job, or they might support me once, you know, government shut down, like mm-hmm. all these things. Because it's guaranteed you go to Ralph's and you're like, man, stuff got real. She's going to be like, okay, well, mm-hmm. the bill is this. Yeah. So, you know, and saying it just... It's one of those things where you st- and and it's so true when they said the Jewish uh, the Jewish dollar spends twenty one days and then Killer Mark did an interview either with Sway or Breakfast Club where his Jewish friend he said his Jewish friend called him and he's like I could show you how to if you're Jewish you can spend seventy five days without spending like spending within the Jewish community so it's just kind of like one of those things where it's just like what how are we gonna get over this. We were there at one point and we we're stripped at it, stripped of it. So now we have the knowledge, we're armed with the knowledge, we have a smartphone, all this other stuff, and it's just like what are we going to do to actually gain that power back? Mm. I liked when he was talking about segregation and how it was like the ups and downs like back in the day we had it it wasn't looked it was looked at as bad but however we were thriving mm-hmm. in the community cuz we kept our dollars within ourselves and then once it got once it was over with you know then we then we started giving our money to other corporations other businesses the white medicine and the black medicine started to diminish and started to go away and i think that's something that we do need to think about cuz i do think it was true segregation was looked at as bad however Black people were thriving within our own mm-hmm. communities. We spent our own money. We gave our money. You know, we spent it within Banks, ourselves. Everything. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's something that we do need to think about um, and consider. And when he's talking about the Green Book, when they had a book of um, black-owned businesses that people have that they can go to when they were traveling, mm-hmm. I think that's very important. I think it's something that we need to bring back and make known because there are people that want to support black businesses. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. Like, I want to. It's a lot. So I think... We just need to make it I think there the is something out there. The We Buy Black, I actually started following them on Instagram. Mm-hmm. That's the one that we saw on, on the episode. I started following them on Instagram, and they're on a daily basis giving, like, toothpaste, all, like, stuff that, yeah. you know, we can purchase. But I think there is another website where they do talk about, like, restaurants and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So it's just kind of, um, you know, looking for it and then following it and then, you know, um, applying it. I just find it very interesting that this ep- we're discussing this episode this week, especially with the Gucci and Prada and Fendi oh. and Katy Perry and everyone doing the whole... <sighs> Wait, what did Katy Perry do Katie now? Katy Perry apparently released these shoes that are like blackface on oh. shoes. Oh, God. Which... I can't even keep up. Yeah, it's right. too much. Chill out, it's Black History Month. <laughs> but um, I just find it interesting that it's so, you know, the topic of like, oh, we're going to boycott and blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, no one's really boycotting them, and we're still having a hard time getting these people to invest in black. Well, here's the thing, though. Like, I was, I, I was just talking about that. Like, remember, like, I think it was like in the 2000s where you had um, Rockaware, you had um, Baby ba- Fat, Baby Fat, you had, you had, like, you had black, like, um, mm-hmm. Bad Boy or whatever, whatever mm-hmm. Diddy's clothing line is. Like, you had actually prominent black clothing lines that you know we don't necessarily know where the money was from, but it's their face that you can go to. And now, what I'm, I was thinking about is like who I know Serena Williams just came out with the line, but like who. Beyonce. Is her still out? Ivy Park, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah, you are right. But it's just like how, like, you can't really think of those names yeah. as far as, because, like, all right, like, F Gucci. 
Mm-hmm. Like we can go here, but those those brands are not as big as they were in the 2000s. Like everyone was rocking baby fat. Everyone right. was like mm-hmm. it was those status symbols, and you saw the the logos and everything like that. But it's not like that now, which is wild because the the fashion is so heavily influenced by black culture. Like. Mm-hmm. I will never get over the fact that Urban Outfitters sells champion sweatsuits because mm. I remember getting made fun of for being poor and ghetto wearing champion sweatsuits mm-hmm. in like middle school, and now they're paying like forty dollars for those that really? were like five dollars at what, the bodega. They sell, aren't they sold at sold at Target though? Still, still. Yes, but uh, just the fact that like that mm-hmm. they're capitalizing off of like things that were so common, like you mm-hmm. know, in more urban. It's just it's very it's very weird, and this whole entire episode's made me be like, why do we do that? You mm-hmm. know, like. Well, I think we just didn't like like you were saying. Like we got, we have money, and you know, after you pay your bills, you have a certain amount of money, and you know, you have things that you want to buy, whatever. And it's just like you're not thinking about, you're not thinking in the long term as far as where are all these black businesses going, or even if there are black, like why are there no black businesses in my neighborhood? And it's like mm-hmm. you're not thinking about that because I don't think any of us saw we weren't in that um, that situation where we saw a lot of black businesses. Right. Mm-hmm. So if we didn't see it, we're not going to miss it. Exactly. So now you watch this, you're like, oh, there was something like that, and it was recent, and, you know, how are you going to bring this back? Also, too, what I, know, what I think another issue is, when black people have their businesses and they're successful, they oftentimes tend to sell them, because people want mm-hmm. to buy BT them. And, like, mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So I think that if we're being successful... Don't sell it because they're looking at immediate return. Like, oh, I want this money now. But think long term, okay? I must like keep your business and let it grow from there. But don't sell it. And that's another uh, reason why we can't keep our money within our community because we sell our businesses when they're successful. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, what about like the local like mom and pop businesses? Mm-hmm. Like all 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 that stuff. Like I don't really see. I don't know because I'm from well. I just moved to California, so coming from the East Coast, mm-hmm. from D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, it's a lot of black businesses and companies on that area. Mm-hmm. But California, I, when I moved here, I realized that yeah, it's, it's the black people are kind of the minority here. Because you go over there, so it's obviously it's black people, but right. Cali is very different. I mean, they're, 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 I mean, again, if you go to, like, Inglewood, you're going to see it mm-hmm. there. So maybe, I guess, we all have to move to Inglewood. I don't know. But um, <laughs> what I do know is that... Um, Oh, we want to just say thank you for making us the ESPN of TV talk. Um, for us to continue to grow, we need to use your help. So I'm talking to you after buzzers and everybody in the live chat, all that good stuff. Make sure you uh, rate and subscribe on YouTube, um, on I- iTunes as well. Give us five stars or better and leave a comment. Uh, being a part of the After Buzz TV has meant a lot to all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes. Me too. So thank you so much for your support. So when you actually rate and subscribe and, and also um, subscribe to the sh- channel, let us know and we're going to shout you out so a lot of people have been shouting me out on different shows on like um my facebook page and all this other stuff if you do that you know we're gonna give us our social medias later that's okay too but make sure you support after buzz tv because without you guys we would not exist yeah and you guys are like the extra panelists we want to know your all's opinions on these topics what do you guys think do you support black businesses what are some of your favorite black businesses let us know in the comments and we'll check them out facts um so he takes a church bus to Athens mm-hmm. because, you know, normally his career would have him in a helicopter or <laughs> private jet or tour bus. I was like, must be nice. Right. But he, he goes to Athens, and Athens is where it gets real tricky. Mm-hmm. Um, he pulls up on his boy LP, who's in, in Run the Jewels with mm-hmm. him, and they go to a black-owned restaurant, and he's so excited to eat. 
until LP brings up that is this food sourced from black Mm -hmm. farms? It is not. Well, how many black farms are there? That's 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 a fact I wanted wanted to want to know. Like just across America, how are we like with businesses and restaurants? Like, is that even a possible thing at the moment? I actually remember it being a thing um, when I was younger. I'm from Louisville, and there was a black farm, Mm -hmm. and it came out, someone did an expose, it came out that a lot of the outsourcing that they required, they were getting kind of like the beauty. Pushed out. They were getting pushed out. They Mm -hmm. were, prices were ridiculous in comparison Mm -hmm. to other farms Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So they unfortunately, like, didn't survive, which I feel like that's another reason well, I think that's a, that, that's the reason too, with the benefit of the education and having shows like um, this show, that now we do go and support the ones that are up and running, mm-hmm. and then also too that we go and like the after I watched the show, I went to a black a black bank and I started an account, and you can mm-hmm. do that online. So it's like that's it makes life even easier. So I have a saving account with them, and in the long run, if you're going to start your own business, the one thing you want to do is start like have a savings account or a debit card with the black business because they're more likely to give you a loan. Yeah, because I remember when I got into a I got into a car accident like two years ago, and I just literally needed a loan for an extra five hundred dollars, and Bank of America refused to. I'm like I was. I, I was almost dead two days ago. I really just need this mm-hmm. because the person who hit me, who hit me, they they ran off. It was a hit and run, and it's just kind of like I just need this. Like, like I have two jobs. Like I just need this, and they said no. And it's just one of those things where it's just like, yes, it's a sob story, but there is like absolutely no empathy whatsoever. Yeah. So I, I feel like you know if you're if you're if you're gonna if you're not gonna get. Um, if you're going to get a no from somebody, I'd rather get a no from my own people, like they realize, versus some big corporation that I'm giving money to that pays me, that I have to pay monthly fees to, that they could care less if that was there or not. I agree. Um, they go down to the hot corner in downtown Athens. You said you're from the East Chicago. Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, Toronto. Did you guys, because in Louisville, we have something very similar to the hot corner. Do you guys? Did you guys have a similar area where? Um, we had a, well... We had a couple different areas, and now that I think about think about it, um, where I grew up, there was a lot of West Indian folks. So I did grow up with black business. My dad was a business owner, is a business owner for over thirty plus years. So there was uh, a lot of black businesses, and I did grow up with that. So I, we did have a heart corner, but my dad was very like you know he's stush like I. I guess I got my stushness from him. <laughs> um, so you know we were aware of it, but we didn't. Yeah, go there all the time. Yeah, so um, growing up, because I'm born and raised in Chicago, so growing up in Chicago, I would say that we had um, a few black businesses, um, just like where I'm from on the west side of Chicago, in mm-hmm. my area. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we would go somewhere for, like, it had a shopping center that was mostly owned by where the black people would go. Mm-hmm. Um, we had restaurants we would go after church. So it, I guess it just depends on demographic and just where you are. Um, but we definitely had had some, so yeah. I love the little conversation he had with um, the barbershop owner, and kind mm-hmm. of I like that he has people involved in the show who can not just like reflect on history and talk mm-hmm. about like as an expert, but they were there, right? You know, I feel like right. it kind of adds this extra level of transparency and like you know being genuine towards the show because mm-hmm. they kind of talk about Green Book a little bit, which again I felt like was very timely considering the movie came out. The movie came mm-hmm. out, and you know. You know how that was. Let's <laughs> not even go there. We're not even going to go down yeah, that yeah. road. But I think one of my favorite parts of this episode was the radio show interview. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like the... Oh, my gosh. I, I, 
Well, it's, <laughs> here's an example. Do you guys watch the Grammys yesterday? I didn't. Yeah. Oh, a couple. Okay, well, I'm sure, like, even if you did, you probably heard. (laughs) So he did a Motown tribute. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But, like, and I don't have an issue. I was talking about this earlier today on on a checkout FNA podcast, by the way. But um, I don't have an issue with her. But then when I went back and watched it over again, I'm just like, it's Motown, though. And it's Black History Month. And Barry Gordy was sitting in there. And it's like... And Diana Ross. And right. Music. And then I'm wondering, like, I want to know the behind the scenes. Like, who made the... Did Barry Gordy okay this? Or, like, I just want to know... Because if he's cool with it, then, hey, it is what it is. But it was just kind of like... There were so many other options. Especially because she's not... It's not even like... It's not like she's like an Adele or a Jessie J. Or... Not that I would want to necessarily see them do Motown. But at least vocally, I'd be like... Uh, I, I guess, I didn't really, but I mean, the vocals were were whatever. I, and I think even at the Adele, it was like, no, like I wanted to see. I want to see when you see Mo, when you think of Motown. Who performed? Who are you talking about? Um, J Lo performed oh, on the, Gra- the okay. Grammys, yeah, mm-hmm. and she did a, a oh, compilation okay, of Motown uh, songs. And mm-hmm. I mean, it was a good performance. They could have picked someone else that was black, or yeah. they could have picked several people. Because she people. did like six or seven different songs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It could have been a collaboration more yeah, so Neil, than it was. Yeah, Neil showed up and I think Alicia Keys showed up and, and, um, and Smokey, Smokey Robinson. Robinson. But it was like they were backups for her. It wasn't... Mm. And that was very weird. And I think it's interesting that he did this with the radio show because as black journalists, I can't count how many times I've been on a carpet. Oh. And... You get passed over. Get passed over, especially by black celebrities with white publicists who yeah. won't talk to you and like will only go to white publications. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the whole thing with Kevin Hart and Breakfast Club. With Kevin Hart and Breakfast Club, when he started, like, actually gaining popularity, his publicist was, like, not even considering Breakfast Club. And every time Kevin Hart's in New York, he goes to Breakfast Club. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. I pay you. And you're and then Jasmine Brand was also on Breakfast Club, and she was talking about it. Like, she would, when celebrities were starting out, they would cover them. Yeah. And then once they made it big, they can't, get, it, get, can't mm-hmm. get an interview. Yeah. So it's, yeah, I definitely, I definitely uh, agree with that on, on red carpets. You know, we have two, for you guys who don't know, we have two stations, After Buzz, well, we have more than two, but After Buzz and BHLs, BHL are the main ones that cover the red carpets. And yeah, I, I we would be standing next to an After Buzz and they'll pass BHL. They'll pass over us. And it's just kind of like, this is this is what's happening right now. Shout out to a lot of mm-hmm. There are quite a few black celebrities who are very adamant on talking to black guys. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Brian. where you come from. Mm-hmm. Brian Tyree Henry. Oh, he's, shout out to Roy Woods Jr. when I was wearing my fro. He's yeah. like, he actually denied everybody else and gave me the interview. So, like, there are people who, who pay attention to that stuff, but it's them versus the publicists. And, you know. Yeah. You gotta, you know, when you're in positions like that, I do think you gotta actively... Make sure that those people are getting represented too. Mm-hmm. Like shout the Black Lightning, they did an all black press room mm-hmm. at Comic Con. Like you got, you know, those are people need to be actively making those choices because again, it's a it's another form of black business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we go to Broad Street Farms and we get to meet Miss Ethel. Yes, who is just iconic. I love, I love, me. I love old ladies. Uh, yes. She's eighty three. She started this farm. Um, and she also has a restaurant called Soul with a Twist. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, what did you all think of like the conversation between her and Killer Mike, and also how Killer Mike eats? Well, I love that he asked permission first. Yes, like mm-hmm. not not to say that he needed to, but it's just a sign of respect. Like this mm-hmm. is what you this is what you do. Like, oh, but, but like, every time I go in somebody's house, like, are you are we taking shoes off? We're like, what are we? Yeah, let me right. know what I need to do so you're not talking behind my back after I leave. You right. know what I'm saying? So I, I love she was she was awesome. I love the farm. That, I love the fact that they had the farm there. Right. And the good thing about having the farm there is you know what's going into it. Like you can't control the rain and the pollution and all this other stuff but you can control like you see the person who's actually taking care of the farm so then you know that whether your your plants or stuff have pesticides and all that stuff so like that's a that's a benefit even health wise right versus some random farm that you have no idea where you get your stuff from true i love that it's a school as well mm-hmm. I, love I think that- it used to be a school now it's like a community center oh mm-hmm. yeah Okay. I think it's like a. I like, think I got confused there. Then. Yeah. But I love that there's a place there, especially since like a it, safe haven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, overall, what did you guys think of his? Because you know he can't. He doesn't get to smoke weed. Can't which find, I thought was can't very find the Jamaicans. Which I want to. I thought that was very interesting. That like, it's so. It's because his LP was the one who was like, well, the drug dealers aren't white. But mm-hmm. the the growers are, mm-hmm. which I think it's interesting because a lot of people, when they think marijuana, they think Jamaica. Jamaica. And they yeah, think- but now with the whole um, marijuana being um, legal in some states, yeah. now you're seeing like... You're seeing it celebrated oh, heavily. Yeah. I saw like Cannabis Moms and it was like some... Yeah. It was some little Snapchat show or something where it's like these two mom, two white moms and they're smoking weed and it's cool. And I mm-hmm. was like, I know boys that I went to high school with who... Got locked up for that's right. what I was about a to joint. Say. They're still in jail. <laughs> yeah, right. they're still in jail yeah. over a joint. So it's just very interesting. The whole uh, yeah, I didn't. I, I didn't know if he did not. If he didn't know. Well, you used to live there. So is there a lot of West Indians there, or is there not a lot? Of, or do you in, have to like find them in Atlanta? In Atlanta, no. Atlanta is like heavily West Indians. I was like, ah, I'm my home. people. <laughs> I'm um, surrounded. <laughs> but um, but I think it again. It's it's how we're treated differently legal, like in the justice system. Like mm-hmm. you know, I know a lot of people who smoking weed in Atlanta is very different from smoking weed out here, as far as like what you're willing to risk and like because mm-hmm. it's obviously legal here. It's very much mm-hmm. not legal. In oh yeah, I was at a I was at a boxing match outdoors, Stump Up Center, and like there's a bunch of black people there, which I absolutely loved, um, but. Three three guys just started just rolling and lighting. I'm like, oh, this is what we this is what we we do. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And like one guy told like one of the um, the was it floor attendants told mm-hmm. him to like because we we're on the floor. Told him to take it out. I'm like, yeah, okay. And then he left. And then let, like totally different. Yeah, totally different. Very different vibes overall. Killer Mike, you know, says this is more difficult than it should be, and he kind of calls calls everyone to action. He mm-hmm. says, allies. Mm-hmm. This is put your money, money where your tweets are, mm-hmm. and then he challenges all of us to do Black Fridays, mm-hmm. which is fri- for every well, Friday. Every Friday, support a Black business. Mm-hmm. I personally, I, I was like, I want to take that up. I want to, yeah. I actually want to do that. But um, yeah, what were your also ever thoughts of the episode as far as like? Um, this is not the first time Killer Mike said it, but seeing it, because when he was on the campaign trail with Bernie Sanders, mm-hmm. he was saying that, you saw him in interviews, but seeing it in this form actually made me take action. Yeah. Like, you know, there's certain black businesses that I go to, but I wasn't, like, actively 
like going. Like there is, for instance, like I'll go to a certain gym because this, you know, the guy happens to be tr- Trinidadian. Shout out to G Train if you're in the valley, go and check it out. But I would actually go and support that. I would go to this certain fish spot, but I wasn't actively looking for other places to support. Mm-hmm. It's like the places that I knew, all right, cool, I'll support them, but I wasn't like, okay, well, I can do more. Mm-hmm. So now this episode really, um, made me more aware and then also made me realize that that six hour thing is crazy yeah and then at the end of the day when you think that's only been in uh the the dollar's only there for six hours what does that mean for your kids and your kids kids because now we're losing black businesses because they're not being supported and now your kids are only going to see people working for folks that don't look like us Mm -hmm. and that's not that's not a that's not a thing that should be normal Mm -hmm. i agree yeah, um, it was, like I said, it was an eye-opener. It really challenged me to think outside the box and support other black businesses. Like I said, my haircut products, like, I don't go to the store and get my stuff. I go off online to a company that I know. Mm-hmm. I've been doing it for the past few years. Um, but it made me think outside, like, well, think about other black businesses that you can um, support as opposed to just your hair and just skincare. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It made me just realize, like, the level of comfort that... The idea of going to a grocery store and not having someone follow, or a clothing store or whatever, and not have them follow you around, mm-hmm. or there not be some passive aggressive, be it like just seeing all these business owners, I felt like I saw people I knew. Mm-hmm. And there was a certain level of comfort there. And I was like, I want to invest in that yeah. more. Cause it- Another interesting thing, too, Killer Mike said, and I've experienced this where you go to a black business and it wasn't all that it was cracked up to be. Like, you know, mm-hmm. the service was slow or whatever, whatever. And he's like, well, you go to other businesses and, you know, mm-hmm. they might have an off day, but you still go back. Right. That's very so true. why why is it that, we you know. We're on our own. That's yeah. why. So, well, yeah. And that's, and the thing is, too, I think it just, he bring he just brings real, realization to those facts. Because it's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, that's what I do. But why do I do it? Right. Like, why am I giving them a pass but I'm not giving... We've been trained. Right. So, you know, mm-hmm. untrain yourself. And mm-hmm. it's like, there's certain businesses where I'm like, yeah, y'all were... Right. Because it's some... I go to a, a Chinese restaurant, and they so rude. Like, I will call. They will hang up the phone. All right, thank you. Bye. And then, like, real rude, mm-hmm. but we will still go. But if a black business do that, oh, it's I ain't like, going back. It's just okay. like, no, just, you know... I feel like you should give constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to a black business and I think you could have something a little more professional, then tell them. Yeah. Like, ex- tell them. That's how yeah. I feel. Just communicate. Or actually view the situation, too. Like, yeah. you know, almost, like, not tell them, but find out why it's like right, that. Right, right, right. Because I know a friend of mine, he had a restaurant in Hollywood, and it was hard for him to, to hire people. He mm-hmm. said black people really didn't want to work uh, work that type of job. Hispanic people didn't want to work for a black man. So it was hard for him to even keep staff. Mm-hmm. And he actually ended up closing the spot. So yeah. it's just kind of one of those things where when you understand the situation, you're like, all right, well, you know, mm-hmm. let me continue supporting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And be patient. Mm-hmm. Because for the most time, for the most part, these are people that's first time trying to own a business. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're not going to get everything right. So they're just trying to make a way. So just be patient. Yeah. So if you're listening, I want to challenge you guys to participate in Black Friday. Let's do it until the end of March. Let us know mm-hmm. what Black Friday do it for forever, but <laughs> do it for forever, but actively, like, really, I want to see how well we can do this. Let mm-hmm. me know some black businesses. If you have a black business, let us know, and we'll be sure to shout you guys out. Facts. Um, Next week, we're talking about the education yeah. system, so oh. that wait. will be real interesting. But until next time, I am your girl, Drew Jones. You guys can follow me on all the things at OK Drew J and check out my podcast, The Curve. Season 2 is coming out this week. Oh. Hey. Excuse me. Well, um, you can follow me on everything at TK Trinidad. Uh, you'll find all the shows and all that good stuff on there. AJ Talks. Follow me on Instagram at Crimson Pearl. We'll see you guys next week. Ciao.
Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.